You are tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The following program is a rebroadcast of Salvation is from the Jews with Roy Showman. Hi, uh, welcome to the show Salvation is from the Jews. It's, it's great to be back with you. It's always an honor, but it's a particular honor today on the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And uh, I would like to make that the theme of the show. First of all, though, let me welcome you to the show Salvation is from the Jews. The intention of the show is to celebrate the Jewish roots of the Catholic Church or, looking at it the other, in the other direction, celebrate the fulfillment of the promise of Judaism in the Catholic Church, which can in itself be considered post-Messianic Judaism. At least that's the view that I, as a Jew who has very gratefully entered the Catholic Church, has and is the view shared by... I think every other Jew that I've ever heard of who's entered the Catholic Church. We don't feel any less Jewish for being Catholic. We feel more Jewish than ever. If we were Jewish before knowing who the Jewish Messiah was and following him and entering his church, the one he founded, how can we be less Jewish after we did all of that? A little later in the show, I'm going to introduce a new friend of mine who I believe typifies this also, a very, very inspiring young man, uh, from a Jewish background who is now not only gratefully in the Catholic Church, but is on his way, God willing, if that's God's plan for him, to the Catholic priesthood. So I will begin by asking for your prayers for the fulfillment of his vocation. I'm sure he'll repeat that request for prayers on the air when he comes on. And in fact, in a, about a week from now, he has a, uh, I believe it's sort of a final entrance interview to see whether he will be accepted into the diocesan seminary for the priesthood. I'm sure he'll talk about that. But before I bring him on, let me talk a little bit about the Immaculate Heart of Mary, about this beautiful, blessed feast day that we have today. Uh, if you were with me when I gave my witness testimony of how I, as an agnostic or atheist Jewish Harvard Business School professor, found his way into the Catholic Church, you will remember that absolutely instrumental in my conversion was an experience of the Blessed Virgin Mary that took place in the context of a dream, but she appeared to me in a dream, realer than real life. I felt more awake than I've ever felt before or after, pretty much, and she offered to answer any questions I might have for her. One of the questions I asked of her when she appeared in that dream was what title do you like best for yourself? I asked her this because as soon as I found myself in her presence, I was just overwhelmed by her grandeur, by her gloriousness, by her magnificence, and my heart was just bursting with, with love and the desire to honor her appropriately. So in that spirit, I asked her what her favorite title for herself was. And she, her reply was, I am the beloved daughter of the Father, mother of the Son, and spouse of the Spirit. It is that third appellation, the Blessed Virgin Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit, that I would like to begin the show by talking about. The uh, ultimate source, at least in, in our era, for theology about the meaning of the Blessed Virgin Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit, and the meaning of her self-appellation at Lourdes as the Immaculate Conception is St. Maximilian Kolbe. So let me begin by reading a few passages by St. Maximilian Kolbe, 
that shed light on the Blessed Virgin Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit and that shed light on what it means that she was the Immaculate Conception and what it means that when she was asked her name, she defined herself as being the Immaculate Conception. So switching to the words of St. Maximilian Kolbe, the third person of the Blessed Trinity never took flesh. Still, our human word spouse is far too weak to express the reality of the relationship between the Immaculata and the Holy Spirit. We can affirm that she is, in a certain sense, the incarnation of the Holy Spirit. May I, now, let me just interrupt and say, Maximilian Kolbe never veers into heresy. He's very careful with his words. Uh, he later explains that, of course, she, and I, I will get to that passage, he's not calling her the incarnation of the Holy Spirit. In a certain sense, she could be called that. He uses the term quasi-incarnation of the Holy Spirit. Continuing with St. Maximilian's words, Mary is united to the Holy Spirit so closely that we cannot really grasp this union. But we can at least say that the Holy Spirit and Mary are two persons who live in such intimate union that they have but one soul life. The Holy Spirit is in Mary after the fashion, one might say, in which the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Word, is in his humanity. There is, of course, this difference. In Jesus there are two natures, divine and human, but one single person who is God. Mary's nature and person are totally distinct from the nature and person of the Holy Spirit. Still, their union is so inexpressible and so perfect that the Holy Spirit acts only by the Immaculata, his spouse. This is why she is the mediatrix of all graces given by the Holy Spirit. Since human words are incapable of expressing divine realities, it follows that these words, Immaculate and Conception, which fell from her lips herself when she appeared to St. Bernadette of Lourdes, must be understood in a much more profound, much more beautiful and sublime meaning than usual, a meaning beyond that which human reason, at its most penetrating, commonly gives to them. The Father begets the Son, the Spirit proceeds from Father and Son. And who is the Holy Spirit? The flowering of the love of the Father and the Son. If the fruit of created love is a created conception, then the fruit of divine love, that prototype of all created love, is necessarily a divine conception. The Holy Spirit is therefore the uncreated eternal conception, the prototype of all the conceptions that multiply life throughout the whole universe. The Holy Spirit is the uncreated immaculate conception. Uh, creatures, by following the natural law implanted in them by God, reach their perfection, become like him, and go back to him. Intelligent creatures love him in a conscious manner. Through this love, they unite themselves more and more closely with him, and so find their way back to him. The creature most completely filled with this love, filled with God himself, was the Immaculata, who never contracted the slightest stain of sin, who never departed in the least from God's will. United to the Holy Spirit as his spouse, she is one with God in incomparably more perfect way than can be said of any other creature. What sort of union is this? It is above all an interior union, a union of her essence with the essence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in her, lives in her. This is true from the first instant of her existence. It was always true. It will always be true. 
If among human beings the wife takes the name of her husband because she belongs to him, is one with him, becomes equal to him, and is with him the source of new life, with how much greater reason should the name of the Holy Spirit, who is the divine immaculate conception, be used as the name of her in whom he lives as uncreated love, the principle of love, uh, the principle of life in the whole supernatural order of grace. That was from February 17, 1941, actually the last writing of uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe before he uh, disappeared into the Auschwitz concentration camp. There's nothing I can add to that. Um, incomparably beautiful. It's a spousal union between the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit. A spousal union is indissoluble. In this case, it lasts for all eternity. Everything which one spouse has belongs to the other spouse. They're always together. They're always acting together. And because the Blessed Virgin Mary is entirely a creature, entirely human, she very naturally is the channel through which the uncreated divine immaculate conception acts on humanity. Now, um, let me switch. Not, it's not switching gears. Let me explain why it's not switching gears and go back to talking about the conversion of the Jews. Now, St. Louis de Montfort said, quote, It was through Mary that the salvation of the world was begun, and it is through Mary that it must be consummated. Now, one element of that has to take place, one one event that has to take place for the salvation of the world to be consummated, in other words, for the created world to wrap up with the second coming and the descent of the new Jerusalem, so to speak, is the conversion of the Jews. We know that as Catholics from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Paragraph 674 says, quote, The glorious Messiah's coming is suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel. I've mentioned that uh, dogma before. I'm sure I'll mention it again. I would like to speak at great length, actually, about the conversion of the Jews to precede the Second Coming. In many ways, that's in my heart what the show is all about. But for now, let me just say that the Blessed Virgin Mary is clearly instrumental in the conversion of the Jews. She was very instrumental in, in my conversion and bringing me into the Church, as I narrated in my witness testimony. Um, at some point I, on the show, uh, pr probably not today, I will talk about the conversion of another uh, very notable Jewish conversion into the Catholic Church, Alphonse Radisbon, who was converted by an apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Rome, which to this day is the only Church-approved apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the city of Rome. That account is, by the way, uh, taken from my book, Honey from the Rock, 16 Jews Find the Sweetness of Christ. Uh, published by Ignatius Press. Um, and uh, as long as I'm mentioning that, I will mention that I have a website called salvationsfromthejews.com on which you can find out more about many, many, many grateful Jewish entrants into the Catholic Church, more about my books and so forth. But for now, this has all been by way of introduction to my guest, who I will soon allow to get a word in edgewise, who, in fact, whose entry into the Catholic Church also was instrumentally facilitated by the Blessed Virgin Mary in a quite miraculous way. So with that, by way of introduction, uh, may I say hi to you, Louis? Are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Hi, Roy. Hi. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the air. Uh, and uh, maybe a good place to start is just to give you your head to tell how uh, 
tell your story. Tell how a young Jewish man on his way to the, the uh, rabbinate, to being ordained as a rabbi in Israel, no less, ended up being on his way, God willing, to being ordained as a Catholic priest. Uh, well, so, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on the show, and, and I would like to preface uh, this story as, as um, more particularly, it's the story of Mary and, and Jesus, ultimately. I'm just the lucky person who hit the celestial lottery, so I'll just preface it with that. And uh, my story begins that I, I, I grew up Jewish, but uh, the irony is that I have Catholic origins. Um, my parents, who, who are both Catholic, um, uh, baptized me, um, but I later found out in, in my teens through through my father and, and confirmation from his side of the family that there's a, a Jewish ancestry. And when I was introduced to Judaism uh, by my father, I I, I found an, a, a reawakening in my soul, and and with that I I began to investigate Judaism and get really involved. And, and from age 13 forward. Uh, I was going to the synagogue very faithfully. I'd go to school and then take my my courses with the rabbi and, and studying, and eventually would uh, convert formally to Judaism because, as rabbinic Judaism uh, prescribes, is that if your mother is not Jewish, therefore you have to go through the conversion process. Uh, so I, I, I went through that, and after high school, uh, my rabbi who I was very close to ask me, well, what, what are you planning to do? You're leaving high school. What, 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 is, what does your future uh, entail now? And I, and I just, the only thing I knew how to do was to mimic the rabbi, and I told him, well, I, I want to be a rabbi. And this particular rabbi suggested that I, I go on to study at the university level, which I did, and got my degree in, in Jewish studies and Hebrew language from the University of Judaism up here in Los Angeles, California. And I uh, got really involved in, in the Jewish community even more so, learned about my, my culture and, and the religion that, that, that I was a part of at this point, and uh, even delved deeper and, and went on to even Orthodox Judaism and, and, uh, and, and got really, really, really in, in love with, with the Torah and, and, and really wanted to, to focus and study so that after university, um, I, I decided to, to eventually immigrate to Israel. So between 2008 and 2010, uh, going back and forth here and there, but uh, but eventually immigrated to to Israel and and with the hopes to kind of figure out how, how how to become a rabbi in in the way that I saw was correct. And and in being in Israel, it was it was definitely a, a culture shock. Um, being alone there, but at the same time, uh, I, I went with with a goal and a plan to at least figure out what what I should do next in regards to being a rabbi. And and I would take seminars and courses here and there with with the rabbis, but uh, it was very hard. I, I would have opportunities to speak and to talk, and I presumed I was preaching what I read in, in the Torah, but oftentimes I, I I would be questioned and rejected, and would have debates and arguments. And so eventually I got the disillusioned by, by the rabbinate in Israel, and then I would return home from Israel in, in December of 2010 briefly, and, and where the major change came in was uh, visiting in, in Mexico for the first half of 2011, 
it was there that I took a, a position as an English teacher at one of the local universities uh, uh, where my father was uh, born and raised in Mexico. And, and it was there that I met a, a Catholic priest who, who had heard that, that I had just come from Israel and wanted to ask me questions about uh, the Old Testament and, and Judaism. And, and I said, sure, why not? And I even made him a deal that uh, if I taught him something, he would teach me something about Catholicism, remembering that, you know, at, at least my mother and, and my father as well that ha- have uh, uh, Catholic uh, connections. And so I, I did share with him a lot about the Old Testament and Judaism, but uh, he, he introduced me in a way uh, to, to Jesus, but specifically the, the Blessed Mother. And although I've heard about them, I, I mean, obviously I wasn't ignorant, but I didn't understand the significance of, of, of their positions, uh, obviously introducing me to Jesus' divinity rather than just the historical Jesus and, and the Blessed Mother Mary. As, as not just uh, uh, a character in the New Testament version of the Bible, but actually the the new Ark of the Covenant, the, the, the Mother of God. And, and this was really, really, really uh, strong and new for me. I, I remember even thinking in my mind, Mother of God, this is like, uh, this is very deep. This is something that I was not used to. And, and I took that information and 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 just let it marinate in, in my mind. And I remember asking the priest, uh, whose name is uh, uh, Jaime Loma, Father Jaime. Uh, he was he's a young priest, and I asked him, Father, you know, what what made you become a priest? And and he and he mentioned that it was the Blessed Mother who performed a miracle that he uh, or, or a petition that he requested, and and for him it was a miracle, and it, and it came through, and and that was his his signal to to go into the priesthood. And I thought in my mind, you know, uh, and you'll pardon the expression, but I said, I, I went back to God and prayed and said, well, who, who are these people that you show them miracles? And, and me, I'm supposed to be part of the tribe, the chosen people, and, and all you give me is problems. <laughs> and that was my prayer. And, and, and so after that point, I would return in, in the summer of 2011 back home. And from the summer all the way through November, I would begin to start researching and, and try to rekindle uh, some Catholic nostalgia, you know, in, in, in a way, and, and try to learn about Christianity and, and understand uh, the doctrines. And, but specifically Mary. Mary was constantly uh, on my mind. And eventually in November of 2011, just happened to be channel surfing, and I land on EWTN, and I, I came across a television show, which uh, you've been on, uh, 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 um, trying to remember the name, uh, Journey, Journey Home. Home. Is, is, yes, Journey Home. And it was there that uh, I saw the testimony of Debbie Herbeck, uh, uh, a fellow uh, uh, Hebrew Catholic, and, and her story was just so so right on and so real and, and, and tangible uh that when her email came up after the program, I quickly went and, and wrote her, and, and she wrote back, and, and I gave her my whole, my whole story, and, and she recommended the same thing that was recommended to her, that uh, uh, to read the, the New Testament, but not as a teacher or a potential rabbi or, or whatever the case, but just to read it with an open mind, as if you were like a child. 
And I thought to myself, okay, you know, um, I've, I've read the Quran, I've read other different religious texts, you know, what, what what harm can this do, you know? And But sure enough, I took the whole month of December of 2011 to read the New Testament, and I especially fell in love with the Gospels. I, I, I resonated with, with Jesus because, uh, I mean, short of the the crucifixion, the miracles, and, and, and the ascension, uh, you know, I, it's almost we had parallel lives in the sense that the, the same arguments, the same debates, the rejection, uh, it, it, it just came alive. For me, I wasn't reading words on a page, but it was as if, uh, kind of like uh, the movie The NeverEnding Story, as every page you turn, it was actually a live event going on. And, and, and I was reliving that and, and, and being in Jerusalem, the same streets that they mentioned, the, the, the areas that he was in, I, I knew those places. So it, it, it reminded me a lot of, of, of who I am and, and was in those moments, seeing it through the perspective of, of Jesus. And what really convinced me uh, about Jesus um, was not necessarily the miracles that he performed, which are very important, but for me the greatest miracle was his responses to the Pharisees. And that, and that's what drew me in because I thought to myself, if, if, if Jesus is who he says he is and, and the historians say that he was born into poverty, he was presumed not, not a learned person that never would have that connection to, to that form of rabbinical studies and yet to have these answers that are even found a lot of times in the, the Jewish oral tradition and in the Talmud. It blew me away. It blew me away that someone could respond that way, and 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 that's what convinced me, and even made the, the physical miracles even that much more uh, um, amazing for me and holy. And 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 I was already convinced in that moment, in a way that that Jesus was no longer just a man in history, but there's something more to him. And I began to pray that whole month of December and going into January of 2012, but I didn't really get that solid answer yet. And uh, in the month of February, I, I, I took a last-ditch effort, and, and, I, and I prayed a silent prayer to myself, and I, and, and I remembered the priest from Mexico, and he said, well, a miracle was performed by the Blessed Mother, and I thought to myself, all right, let me try the feminine side, and let's see what happens, you know, and... And so I prayed the following prayer. I said, you know, Mother Mary, I understand you are the mother of God, and uh, I also understand you're the mother of all of all children, um, but if you can show me that you are my mother, literally, then I will find a way to come back to the Church, and uh, despite the scandals or whatever I'm seeing, and, and become a leader and spread your message of peace, and, 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 and the peace I... It, I, I thought about it in the, in, the, in the Hebrew concept of shalom, coming from the root shalem, to be complete, not just uh, a breakage from war or fighting, but what the word actually means, to be full and complete. And, and, and this resonated with me because I, in my research I was studying a lot about Fatima, and, and, and that was my goal, to spread that same message of peace. And, and I left that prayer there in, in February of 2012. And then about... Uh, about two weeks or so before Holy Week, uh, before Palm Sunday of last year, 2012, I just decided to visit a church randomly and just sit through the Mass, and it just happened that, that the priest that day 
was reading from uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. And it's, it's in that chapter that God says that he would start a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, uh, not one that he did with our ancestors. And I'm hearing this and from the priest, and, and I'm like, wow, this sounds uh, kind of like what the New Testament was saying, but this is my prophet, this is Jeremiah, this is from my book. I, I was still in that mentality. And and right away after the Mass, I, I rushed home and, and looked at my Hebrew Scriptures, and and sure enough, I I, I, I read it, and it's right there, and it's Becharati Brit Chadashah, the word there even... As we say, the word in Hebrew and Israel for for the New Testament is Brit Chadasha, and it's literally right there. And and I'm and I'm at this point in shock that this is this has actually happened. I thought I thought the priest mistranslated or misunderstood something, and yet before my very eyes, that 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 section of the book is right there, and and that sparked something. It sparked something even more so to to even be more uh, willing to be convinced about who Christ was. And so I would start going to, to Mass uh, at that point, uh, not knowing really what was going on truly or the significance of the Eucharist, um, but I had this sense of I, I, I just wanted to, to, to take whatever the people were taking, and in that moment, I, I'm speaking about the Eucharist, but in that moment I didn't realize the significance, but I waited and waited. And uh, eventually, once uh, uh, we got to Holy Week of, of, of last year, I really wanted to delve into my origins, and I began to search for documentation, something that showed me, that proved to me my, my origins as a Catholic. Even though I was proud to be Jewish, I wanted to know my origins. And eventually I found the, the church where I was baptized, and, and I called to see uh, if I could get a copy of my baptismal certificate. And that was that Monday of Holy Week. And and they said sure come on down and and sure enough I went and and I on my way to to the church I'm stopped at a light and there's a bumper sticker that read if you if you can't find Jesus then ask his mother for him and and it, 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 I heard like a click in my mind I said wow you know how how funny not too long ago I just made a prayer because I I was praying to Jesus but I didn't get that solid answer that I thought I wanted and and I asked for Mary's intercession how funny. And and so the light would turn green, and I would go on to to the church, and I finally got to the secretary of the church, and uh, she had asked for my my birth certificate and ID card to verify who I was, and she's holding uh, both my baptismal and my birth certificate, and she's comparing and contrasting the two, and she tells me, Mr. Perez, we we have an issue with your baptismal certificate, and she asked me, well, who, who is your mother? And what is her name? And I said, well, my mother's name is Rebecca. That's my mother. And she looks at me with a strange face and says, uh, no, it says here that you are Louis, child, and in the place of my mother's name, it says Mary. And then it clicked. And I said, oh, my gosh, I made this prayer. Mother Mary, show me literally that you're my mother, and I will have to come back. And there it was right there. But right away, the skeptical side came in and I figured, uh, yeah, I even asked the woman, I said, maybe you saw an image or, or a calendar or something, and you typed in the name by accident. And she said, no, as far as I'm concerned, I print several of these a day. I don't even give them a second thought. As far as I know, our archives show that the only person that brought you to be baptized is this person, Mary. And I was in shock. I mean, I, I came home. 
I mean, literally my hands were shaking in, in, in shock and I showed my mother the document and, and right away she, she, I, I put her through so much, uh, up and down a roller coaster with my whole religious life. And, and so I, I, I probably initially this is not what she wanted to hear, but once she looked at the document, I, I, I remember her crying and, and I explained to her the prayer that I, that, that I said and, and, and my mother said, sure enough, this is, this is your answer because as far as we're concerned, you know, my name is Rebecca and we don't have any Marys that we're aware of. And, and I said, well, maybe on your, on your baptismal certificate, they, they, they put Mary Rebecca or, or some kind of Christian name. And we looked at her document and no, sure enough, it's Rebecca. And my two brothers that were baptized as well, they both say, uh, Frank and Daniel, uh, child of Rebecca, and I, I happen to only be the the one with Mary. So I know from a logical point of view, at some point, Mary was, was placed onto the certificate either by by a mistake at some point, but I think overall in the plan, celestially, this was supposed to happen so that I can come full circle. And, and, and during that, that uh, Holy Week, uh, two days later on Wednesday, I met with my uncle who baptized me, met with his priest, and, and we discussed the Old Testament, and, and I showed him things in Hebrew and the Aramaic, and we, we had such a wonderful time studying, and, and I explained to the priest that uh, all I want, and I said in that time, all I want is that circle thing, the round thing, and, and he said, and he explained to me, well, you know, what you're seeking is the Spirit inside you confirming that you want the, the body of Christ, and he explained the significance of the Eucharist. And, and it was on that Saturday of Easter Vigil that I received the, the final sacraments uh, and, and got confirmed in the church officially. And, and that's how I came into it. And, 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 thanks, and, and thanks to the Blessed Mother, um, I, I hit the Celestial Lottery, and, and this is her story. Wow, what a beautiful story. I just want to uh, underline, because I was amazed at it, that... Your timeline is on, on Monday, you saw that miracle of your mother's name on the baptismal certificate being mistakenly, or correctly, actually, Mary, rather than your birth mother's name, Rebecca. On Wednesday, you spoke to a priest, and on Saturday of the very same week, you were received into the church, right? Correct. That in itself, if you ask me, is a miracle. But anyway, um, maybe what I should do is let you catch your breath a little bit, and we usually go to a little musical break around halfway into the show. And then when we come back, uh, talk more about what the Catholic Church means to you, what the priesthood means to you, how wonderful it is to be able to see everything in the Catholic Church illumined, you know, by the light of uh, Judaism, as you are uniquely able to do with your heavy rabbinical training and your your fluency in Hebrew and so forth. And um, so with that, let's let's take a short musical interlude and come back with our guest, Lewis. I was scared, I was frightened, but you sent your love down comfort me I was lost I was afraid then I felt your presence there Mother Mary you protected me you gave me strength for the trials ahead 
Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now return to a rebroadcast of Salvation is from the Jews with Roy Showman. Hi, welcome back, and uh, welcome back to this conversation with me, Roy Showman, and with my guest, uh, Louis, who is another Jew who very gratefully entered the Catholic Church. And uh, before the break, we got up to his entry into the church through a rather miraculous intervention of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I think one could consider that an entirely miraculous intervention of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And you mentioned, Louis, that uh, when you spoke to the priest asking to enter the church on Wednesday of Holy Week, you really, really, really wanted to receive communion, uh, receive the host, receive that round thing, I think you called it, even though you didn't fully understand what it was. And... I that resonated very strongly with me because it was the same in my case. The first time I asked a priest to baptize me, he said, why do you want to be baptized? And at that point in time, I actually did not believe in Catholic dogma, and I was still fairly hostile to the Catholic Church from the kind of historical black libel reasons. So I just kind of blurted out the truth, and I said, I want to become Catholic so that I can receive communion, and you guys won't let me unless I do. Um, and uh, I thought he'd throw me out for such a disrespectful answer, and instead he just nodded and said, aha, that's the Holy Spirit at work. So I've taken enough of the um, spotlight on myself, I, I apologize. And maybe uh, since we got up to your entry into the church, maybe you could talk a little bit about your pursuing the possibility of the priesthood, what the priesthood would mean to you, and so forth. Yes, most definitely. Um, I, I, at, at this moment, um, I'm in the process of, of uh, going through the final stages of the interviews for, for the, the priesthood or the seminary um, through the Orange County Diocese here in California. And the, the, the origins of this idea or, or this thought uh, begins with the very prayer that, that I said. And even though in the prayer I didn't say priest, uh, I, I, when I say leader, I, I, I meant it in the way that, from, from the Jewish perspective, um, in, in the sense that the way I, w- I wanted to be a rabbi is the way I wanted to to, to lead if, if I were to return in, in, in the church to, and, and, and not to belittle any other ministry, but... but uh, 
but but for me that, that that was a position I wanted to take or that's what I meant when I said leader was in, in a way of, of the priesthood and um, and, and and it resonated again at, at that meeting with the with that particular priest on the, that Wednesday because he even said uh, you should consider the priesthood after all this you know and, and I said well you might be joking father but but don't think I haven't thought about it and, and it's from that moment forward um, that that spark was turning now into a fire and uh, and a holy fire and 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 during this whole you know year process it's it's been burning even more and and uh, if that's the central part uh or I should say the base of it is is the blessed mother the the fruit of 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 that fire or that tree in a sense is is the eucharist it's it's my it's it's my love for adoration and and at this moment it's it's something that I can't live without because for me uh, adoration, um, as I mentioned in, in, in other interviews, is, is not a metaphor, it's not a joke, it's not anything other than the exact presence of Christ. And, and, and I just wish that I could, you know, implant what I see and what I feel in those moments of consecration or adoration into every single mind of every Catholic, because if, if I could do that, I, I truly believe that every Catholic would want to be a priest. And because it's it's very powerful, and 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 I and I'm glad and I'm grateful that God allowed me to re- be reintroduced in a way to to my Jewish roots because it's because of the Jewish roots that I'm able to reflect, understand, and accept the divinity of Jesus in a way that I think most Catholics don't understand or, or, or may not understand because it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. And, and, and yes, I see Christ as divine and, 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 and I see him for who he is, but the beauty of it is that he's from the same country. He speaks the same language. He, he, he went through a lot of what I saw as well. And, and it becomes more than personal. It becomes family-like. I mean, for me, I see, I, I'm, I'm so proud to be uh, a part of, of of who he is, not, not just in the mystical body of Christ, but in, in a way, the literal body of, of, of Christ, because we share that, that cultural identity. Mm-hmm. And it reminds, it, it reminds yeah, me of that um, quote of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was uh, accused of having Jewish blood. It wasn't true, but, but you know, some people had kind of begun to denounce him as being of Jewish origin. And his response was, it's not true, but if it were true, I could imagine no greater honor than to share the blood with our Lord and Savior, who was also Jewish. Anyway, I'm sorry and, and, to have interrupted. No, but. no, of course. And, and there it is. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. And, and that's exactly how I feel. And And it's in those moments of adoration and consecration that, I see the fulfillment of, of of Judaism, and I think the the greatest Jewish action you could ever do is, is accept Christ and accept the the church that He established. And, and 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 I've seen other churches, I've visited, I've researched, but the Catholic Church is so true for me because it is the continuation of Judaism. It it it, it, it Jesus didn't divorce Himself from who He was culturally and 
and what he identified with as as a as an Israelite and as a Jew. And and I see that continuity, even though the church's history may not have been so positive with the with the Jews, but by default, in essence, a lot of what you see in the Mass and the interpretations of how the Church Fathers understood the text are, are identical, I, I mean, to the same way that the rabbis would interpret uh, their ideas of, uh, of the text, the format of interpretation, the format of worship. I mean, I see so much of the synagogue in the Mass that, I mean, it's, 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 it's gotten to the point where I've invited... Uh, uh, other Catholic friends that don't have any Jewish background to a Shabbat dinner or to a Passover Seder. And it's, and the funny thing is they say, Oh my gosh, this looks like a mass. And I'm thinking in my mind, well, yeah, <laughs> this is where the church continues. You know, it, it's from these moments of the Sabbath dinner or specifically the Seder that, that, that the church continues and, and that Christ, uh, implements this this institution of uh, of the Eucharist, and, and I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud to be uh, a part of that, and thank God that we live in a time where you and I and, and every other uh, Jew has, who has come into the Church can express that, because maybe two, three, four hundred years ago, to even have this conversation, <laughs> we'd probably be on the rack at some point somewhere, but uh, but I, I'm just glad. I'm glad, and I thank God, and and... And, and God has allowed this to happen uh, for a particular reason. And even though I may not have the full story yet, I, I just know in my heart He's with me. And 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 and, that, and that's what's unique. Uh, it's hard for me to express it in in, the, in English, but but the Hebrew does so much justice because it goes beyond chokhmah. It goes beyond just wisdom, but it goes it goes into da'at. I I I know. I know on on a celestial level beyond the five senses that all this is true because of what I've seen and what I feel and what has been manifested to me and and hence this is my motivation to to go into the priesthood to to share this aspect not to Judaize the church but to bring that shalom that shalem that completeness and that full circle of of who Jesus is was and will ever forever be and bring that together and fulfill those prophecies that, that yes, the Gentiles would come to know and accept God. And now it's time to to go back to the original plan and start bringing in our Jewish and, uh, brothers and sisters to fulfill what is supposed to happen without a shadow of a doubt. Amen. And that, that fulfillment has to take place for the second coming to take place. So it has tremendous eschatological weight also. Uh, let me just underline a couple of things that you mentioned, because we have many listeners and they're coming from different orientations. I think everyone on some level knows this, but it's worth repeating that when you talk about the similarity between the Seder and the Mass, or the resonances of the Seder and the Mass, of course, the very first Catholic Mass was a Passover Seder. One could think of it as simultaneously being the first Catholic Mass and the last sacramental Jewish Seder. And, of course, that was the Last Supper, where Jesus was sac- uh, celebrating the Passover Seder with his disciples and at the same time, for the first time, instituting the Eucharist. Right? Oh, most definitely. Exactly. And, and, and as I'm sitting in Mass, it's, it's as if I'm imagining I'm in that moment, literally, because it's, it's so... 
it's so Jewish. It's so Jewish to see the Mass and to see the priest there consecrating, saying the very same blessings, you know, Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, for uh, the fruit of the earth, which is the bread, and for the fruit of the vine. I mean, that's what we say every time we do a benediction over the wine and the bread. And in, in Hebrew, it's, it's literally the exact same words, or even uh, uh, the sanctus, the holy, holy, holy. You know, it, it, that, that comes straight from, uh, you know, the, the prophets and from the siddur that's constantly said in the synagogue. So, so for someone that, that is Jewish and understands the, the, the deep doctrines of Judaism and, and, and the liturgy of, of, of the Jewish traditions, it's not something that's necessarily foreign. It's, if anything, it's just uh, enhancing that, 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 that tradition post the coming of the, of the Jewish Messiah. Amen. And, and, and to me, it's, it's a beautiful reality. Yeah, uh, I just again want to just underline something that that went by a little bit quickly, which is the the very reason why the Western Church requires unleavened bread for the host, the wafer that we're familiar with at Mass, is because it was a Passover Seder, and therefore it had to be unleavened bread matzah at the Last Supper. So even the fact that it's un, unleavened bread for the wafer is come flows straight from Judaism. Exactly. I mean, this, this this is the the fulfillment of and the and the actual manifestation of what that that seder actually meant in that time. And and to repeat that every single day, if you can make it every day, if not at least on Sunday, that's beautiful. It's having Passover literally, if not every day, every week. You know, and 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 Passover is one of the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, festival in 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 Judaism. So. For me to have that as a as as a as a fulfilled in essence Jew, um, it's it, it's amazing. It's it's beyond words. It's it, it's a miracle literally every single time. And that and I wish people could actually feel and see what what I feel and see in that moment. It's I I, I truly believe that people would, everyone would want to become a, a priest. I, I, I with the most sincere humility. I truly believe that. Yeah, uh, lest anyone should fear that we may be heretical, I'd like to point out that uh, Cardinal Archbishop Burke, who was the head of the Signatura, essentially the chief justice of the Catholic Church's Supreme Court, if you will, has publicly endorsed the idea of Catholics experiencing a Passover Seder, celebrating a Passover Seder in the light of Christ, you know, in, in, in union with the fact that the Last Supper was a Passover Seder and also a Catholic Mass. And he even attended a Passover Seder that was celebrated when he was the Archbishop of St. Louis, that was celebrated by the Association of Hebrew Catholics in St. Louis, with the highest of praise and enthusiasm for what was going on. So, you know, if we're heretics, so is the former Chief Justice of the Catholic Church's Supreme Court, so to speak. So we're on pretty solid ground. Yes, I definitely, I def- I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I explain um, at any moment that I'm having either a Sabbath dinner or, or a Seder is that I, I always preface at the dinner, this is not a consecration in any form and in no way am I trying to impersonate a priest. This is merely the benedictions that have been passed down traditionally and we're just simply giving thanks. And I always preface that and I always say it's always in the light and the fulfillment of Christ. And whatever, whenever or if I, I practice a particular Jewish uh, custom, it's it's not out of obligation, and that's the main thing we need to know as 
as as as uh, as fulfilled Jews in the Catholic Church is that the, there's no obligation. The, the the obligation has been fulfilled by Christ. When when and if I practice anything, it's merely out of respect and love for my culture. The same way the Mexicans will have certain cultures, or the Filipinos, or the Irish, or the Italians, each have their own unique traditions. And and I often get commentaries and, and critics from other Catholics saying, well, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. And I said, well, you know, that's that's a different context. But if 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 the Hispanics and the Irish and the Italians and everyone else can have their traditions still being in the Church, why can't we, who are roots and base of the Church, comes from our very own culture? That's right. So, so if other cultures can have enculturation where the Catholic liturgy reflects their native culture, why shouldn't Jesus' own native culture be able to be enculturated, so to speak? Amen. Exactly. And, 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 and like I always tell people, you don't need to be Jewish, you don't need to be anything to, un- uh, to understand Christ other than yourself. It's just, for me, this is a unique way to connect with God, because I don't think I could have. I, I, the, the, the way that, that, that my life started out, it, it, it was all meant to be. I, I don't think it, it could have gone any other way. It, it, this is the way that God allowed His graces to come into me, to first know His roots so that I can be able to understand Him fully so that I can later explain to others as best as I can through His will, not through mine. Amen. Well, I'm really sorry to be uh, coming towards the end of the hour, and I want to be sure to invite you to do two things before the end of the hour. One is um, to uh, solicit prayers for your possible priestly vocation, which I think many of our listeners would be very enthusiastic to cooperate with. And the other thing, I know I'm putting you on the spot, and I know this is a surprise and coming out of left field, the other thing is to uh, chant the Hail Mary in Hebrew. Oh, of course, it would be a pleasure. Um, and, and yes, first of all, to everyone out there who's listening, please, if you can add me in your personal prayers, rosaries, divine chaplets, you name it, and, and any form of prayer I would gladly accept, because in exactly a week from today, I will have... Uh, an interview up at the seminary at St. John's in Camarillo, California. And God willing, if they find me worthy, I'm sure they will, will report back to our, our bishop, uh, Bishop Kevin Van here in Orange County, and may God bless him. And, and if I'm worthy, I could presumably start this fall in September. And, and so I'm, I'm really, really asking for all the petitions and prayers possible. Cause it, it, it would definitely help me out. And, and that would just be the beginning of the journey. There's a long trek ahead. So, so please remember remember me in, in, in your prayers from here on out, if possible. Amen. And also, I might as well say that even should you be accepted uh, in seminary, and I hope so, and should you be ordained, and I hope so, all priests at every point in their ministry need a lot of prayers. Um, you know, the... the the devil attacks us all, the devil wants to tempt us all and make us all fall, but if he can get to a leader, get to somebody in a position of authority, it's, it has a ripple effect, you know, it has a snowballing effect and produces a lot of damage to a lot of souls, so the priests are under unimaginable uh, attack and, and they always need our prayers, and so do the seminarians and so do the prospective seminarians. Um, I, I wish we had another hour, but we don't, so so um, maybe we'll just close, actually, with your chanting the uh, Hail Mary in Hebrew and uh, literally close with that. 
And I invite you all to come back next week for uh, the same time, same place, for Salvation is from the Jews. And in the meantime, the show will be, the shows of the series are up on the Radio Maria website and also on salvationsfromthejews.com. So with that long-winded closing introduction, let's have on this beautiful Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Hail Mary in her own native language. Shalom lach Miriam, meleat hachetzen, Adonai mach meruchat panashim, Uvaru peribitnech Yeshua, Miriam hakedosha, Em ha Elohim, Irpaleli bahadenu hachotim, Atahuvi ishat moteinu, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lewis. And uh, thank hope you, Roy. To see you thank next you. God week. bless you and God bless everyone. Thank you. That's all for now. Bye. You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Salvation is from the Jews with Roy Showman.